6: Yes, it is, but there's no Doug Gottlieb. You've got me, Dan Beyer, and NFL vet Rich Ornberger. Welcome in. It is a Thursday. Right now, game one of a doubleheader in Oakland, Rich. Tigers and A's are playing. How much, not would you pay, how much would they have to pay you to go to both of these games today in Oakland?
7: Oh, that is such a good question. I mean, you want to talk about two teams that have had either completely destructive off-seasons or completely underwhelming first halves, it's the A's and the Tigers. I mean, the (laughs) Oakland A's went out of their way to destroy their team. (laughs) I mean, they have a payroll. I saw this circulating. I retweeted it. It was hysterical. If Kyler Murray stuck with baseball and the A's signed him to an average salary of what he's owed in the 2022 regular season, um, he would command all but two million dollars worth of the payroll that the Oakland A's are currently <laughs> giving out to their players, because their payroll's at 48 and some part of a million dollars, and Kyler is owed 46.1 million dollars. So that leaves an additional two mil or so to do what they will with. Um, they even allowed. This was what was so crazy. It, it wasn't even really a trade. They they had a manager named Bob Melvin for those who don't follow the Oakland A's, who became the Padres manager because they just felt bad for him. They're like, "Yeah, you've been a good soldier. Why don't you just go to a team that has a shot?" It was it was like that. It was it was just like, "What the hell is going on in Oakland?" And then the Tigers, the Tigers, there were like preseason prospectuses that like. Hey, maybe Detroit oh, yeah. can do something. Javi and, Baez, yes, absolutely, and uh, yeah, no, no good, no good. So let's just put it this way: they, uh, if, I don't know if I can name the dollar amount, but I know for sure free food would have to be a part of the deal for me to go see that double. Did header. you Did you know that
6: they were the uh, A's were looking to change their name? No, they're I didn't. Gonna, yeah, they're going to be the D minuses. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, today's show. To, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Discover Card. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing learn more at com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply joked with Adam Kaplan last hour that we spent five minutes on Kyler Murray once he signed his deal. And then we started focusing on Lamar Jackson, but that's where the focus is and Lamar Jackson showing up uh, at training camp for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, but doing so without a long-term deal. And it seems really that the Ravens are willing to do a long-term deal, but Lamar uh, being his own agent, uh, basically uh, betting on himself is the phrase that uh, many have used. And so Lamar is now in Baltimore and looking for that long-term deal. And Rich, I want to play a piece of audio that Peter King, longtime NFL insider has been on the program before on what he said today to Colin Cowherd about Lamar Jackson's situation. Take a listen to this.
8: This is one of the kind of the really difficult things to try to figure out In today's football, how much is Kyler Murray worth? How much is Lamar Jackson worth? You know, the Arizona Cardinals have now agreed to pay Kyler Murray more over the next five years on average than Patrick Mahomes makes. And most people are going to think that that's lunacy, but everything in quarterback contracts is a hopscotch. And my personal feeling is if I were the Ravens, I would not pay uh, Lamar Jackson until after the season. You still have to be very concerned about what he is as a playoff player because he has been bad in the playoffs in four games.
6: That from Peter King and i and I'll just i I, I don't get the slander. I I don't we just sat here for the last two hours, Rich, and I agreed with a lot what you said and I think your opinion is what what many people have is if you have that top level quarterback, you keep them and you figure out a way to keep them and keep them long term. I don't know which world we live in, where we're looking at Lamar Jackson as a bottom half quarterback. I, I, I completely disagree with Peter King, and I don't know your stance on Lamar Jackson, but this narrative on if Lamar is good enough to get paid or if he's good enough to the Baltimore Ravens to me is, I mean, it's starting to, it's starting to border on unfair for a guy who's won an MVP, and everybody wants to point to what he's done in the playoffs and i understand that's part of it and it wouldn't be a part that would necessarily support my entire argument but look at what he's also done with a team that's shorthanded now look at what if you would would, would dak prescott do more in baltimore than lamar jackson has done would matthew stafford would would, would kyler murray and i think you'd have a hard time answering that those players would i just i don't get the lamar disdain on paying him long term as he's still waiting for this long contract
7: it is strange it is strange especially when you see the type of money that like the Dallas Cowboys were willing to spend on Dak Prescott and i mean and, and to think and and i know this is huge money when we're talking about average american salaries but what we're talking about is what 5 6 million dollars more annually for Lamar Jackson Who would you rather have, Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? I'm taking Lamar Jackson all day long. And that's not even to slander Dak Prescott. I just think that he has a higher ceiling and I think he can do more. And especially if we're talking about in the short run, you know, we're not talking about taking Lamar Jackson to 40. You know, this contract will take him into his late 20s. Like, so what? Those are prime years in terms of health. And I know he got bumped and bruised last year, but that was the first sign of his body breaking down at all at the NFL level. I I, I agree with you. I don't understand the slander. I don't understand why we can't wrap our heads around the fact that, you know, if you're shopping for a home the same size in Beverly Hills versus Omaha, Nebraska – you're paying more money for the Beverly Hills home. Why? Because it's a more desirable community and society deems it as such, you know, better climate, closer to the ocean, whatever, uh, closer to industry. Like it's, it's, it's just absurd. You know, we're talking about the, the real estate market at the quarterback neighborhood. Like if you want a really nice home in that neighborhood, you're going to have to pay out your nose. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, where you're setting up shop is the corner of, you know, 10 win regular seasons, and the postseason. And, yeah, I get it. Maybe he's the worst of the best. Like, maybe you'd rank him 12th or 13th overall in the league at the quarterback position. But isn't that better than fishing in the draft or having to trade a massive number of your first overall picks to get – uh, a grumpy veteran with a different team, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, to come to your team and and you know and and have him for two or three years. I, I'd rather roll the dice with Lamar Jackson. Look at the teams that would need quarterbacks right now. If if
6: let's just say the Ravens said, "All right, Lamar, you know what? You didn't like our offers. We can't come to terms. Uh, you know what? You're going to be a free agent." You don't think Seattle? would want him as their starting quarterback right now you don't think detroit would want him as your starting quarterback you don't think the saints Atlanta, yeah uh, yeah
7: uh miami uh philadelphia the jets the giants (laughs) listen (laughs) i mean yeah we're talking half the league yeah yeah because he 's a top half player at his position, look at this, this harkens back to the conversation we 're having about Kyler Murray and it, and it really perfectly intertwines itself and These stories have been linked all off season for good reason. Because both of these guys, yeah, they're not the best of the best. I understand they're not a top 10 quarterback uh, um, sometimes on their best days because there's a lot of talent at that position right now in the NFL because you got guys who are great, who are excellent, who are Hall of Famers playing into their 40s now and uh, or nearing 40 now. And you've got this crop of young talent who, uh, you know, cut their teeth on football when they were watching Tom Brady and Peyton Manning take over the league and the Andrew Lux. and, you know, it's it, so it, it's one of these situations where, yeah, I understand he's it, he's not he's not in your top ten, but is he in your top? Isn't he in your top sixteen? I'd Should say be. he is. Yeah, you know? he better be. And so be. Th- that gets you to the postseason, Dan.
6: Yeah, yeah it it it, it is it is amazing because it's 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 so specific to Lamar and it's so specific to his style of play and i don't think it's black quarterback i you know i i just for some reason there's something about Lamar that people just do not want whether it be the style i i, I don't know maybe they don't like the way that he throws the football i'm not sure exactly what it is but we like for That's what surprised me so much. If Peter King needs to see another season of Lamar Jackson, like for what, like what are, if he has another season, like he did this past season, which by the way, Baltimore is down to like their fourth string running back by the time week one came around. I mean, yep. they're like completely decimated in the backfield, which, by the way, is his only best friend when it comes to getting better as a solid running game, which he then doesn't have. So, so you look at that, but again, then it's Lamar's fault or Lamar's not doing this. And I'm not saying he doesn't put his team in tough spots or bad spots, and I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre, but Brett Favre threw interceptions, Eli Manning threw interceptions. Uh, the, the dynamic that Lamar brings, and it's to to think of needing another season to prove to prove what he's yeah. an MVP. You know, I mean, like you could you could make an argument that his contract should be more than Kyler Murray's for what he's accomplished in his career so far. Yet we need to see another year of what he's doing. We're not talking about this with with anybody else. Like 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 maybe Baker Mayfield. Maybe we're saying, well, we got to see what Baker's done. But I'd still say if Baker didn't play a snap in 2022, his value would be a lot higher in 2023 than it was right now. That's not even playing one down because you're thinking to yourself, oh, it's. This guy and his talent, it was the number one overall pick. But with Lamar, we just look at the negative and then we say, well, you know, he still needs something to prove. I just I I can't believe we get to this narrative. And it's not about whether the Ravens, you know, how much they should pay him. It's just now we're getting to a point of some people saying that should they actually pay him? Which I just people wanted Tyler Huntley to be the starter. Right. Because he came in and played a couple of good games like. That's what happened with Nick Mullins. When Nick, you mentioned Nick Mullins earlier in the show, and it flashed back to he had that great Thursday night game against the Raiders once. People are like, you know what? Screw all the Niner quarterbacks. They should just keep Mullins. You trade him for a first round pick. It's like now Nick Mullins has been on like three teams since. Like right. Just I, I, I don't I don't understand it. it bothers yeah. me.
7: Yeah. Now you're you're nailing it. You know I I used to be a perfectionist. Like I used to really struggle handing in a project at its due date because there was always a little bit more to do. And I procrastinated sometimes just because I became paralyzed by the thought process of starting something that I'm not going to be proud of. And I had to get over it. And the mantra I began using, which helps me to this very day is, you know what? Sometimes good enough is good enough. Sometimes you just got to understand that with the time you were allotted, with the resources you had, that's as good as it's getting. And so you let go and you move on to a different problem. And that's where the Ravens are at right now. They are being faced with a good enough proposition. T- Lamar Jackson is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to repeat that for the- anybody in the back who you know needs to hear. He is good enough to win a Super Bowl in this league. If Joe Flacco was good enough to win a Super Bowl in his time in the NFL... Uh, then then Lamar Jackson is plenty talented enough to win a Super Bowl in his time in the NFL. It can happen. In fact, he sets them up better, and I just don't understand what the hesitance is here. I guess the only thing I'll say, you know, because it is a part of the story and it does need to be spoken about, is the fact that he represents himself is odd. It's strange. It's probably a mistake. Because you're, you're I'm telling you right now, every single representative contract that I signed, and it is, it, I think it's now like they're not allowed to encroach above this rate, is three percent, and it's off your gross, so it's not, you know, I mean, it's paid off of whatever the number is reported to the media. You're paying three percent to your agent. That's your representation fee, and I understand, like maybe when we're talking about three hundred million dollars. Like, that feels like a lot of money. Well, it's not. Not when you compare it to the rest of the pile that you get to swim in, like Scrooge McDuck, and, and not when you think about the fact that Kyler Murray and all the moves, as ridiculous as it may have looked and sounded during during the time in the offseason where he was scrubbing his social media profile and they were putting out a page-long resume of Kyler Murray's accomplishments – The ends do justify the means, and Kyler got paid, and he got paid early. You know, so maybe that's a part of this story, too. Maybe he's getting walked over a little bit because the voice in the room that's defending his side is his his voice. And the people that an organization will throw at you to tamp down your expectations are the the ones who you're friends with. Like, you know, do you think an NFL owner is going to not have your head coach or your quarterback coach get in your ear and say something to you like, hey, man, you know, you just – Let's not concentrate about that contract. Like that, that's all. Just that, the, the money will come. You know how this league works. Like we just got to get to work. Right. 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 Lamar. You know, meanwhile, your agent goes, no, you jerk. Pay us now.
6: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. The wonderful world of the National Football League. By the way, you don't think those owners are getting any insider's ears and saying, like, I don't know, maybe maybe we shouldn't pay him. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not trying to discredit Peter King. That's not what I'm, that, you know, I, that, that's not what that meant. No, he's I just entitled, to his, yeah, he's entitled exactly. to his opinion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just, I, I can't believe that we're still having the conversation on a, whether a guy is worth it after a, thirty six and six touchdown interception ratio in an MVP season, two thousand yard rushing seasons. Um in, in a in a down year in twenty twenty. Twenty six touchdowns, nine interceptions. I know last year wasn't great. It was hurt also as well at the end of the year, but that's yeah, just, it's, it's crazy, crazy to me. He's Rich Ornberger. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And today's show is brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Coming up next, we get you caught up on all of the college football drama that unfolded at Media Days this week. That's next here on fox sports radio be sure
3: to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon
5: pacific witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city
1: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com metaverseimpact.
9: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
6: He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Byers, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today on Fox Sports Radio. Good to Rich every Sunday with Steve Hartman here on FSR, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 10 Pacific, and weekday mornings in San Diego as well as he and Hartman team up on Extra Sports 1360. You've got me every Sunday afternoon with George Reister, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, in addition to hanging out with Doug Gottlieb uh, Monday through Friday here on FSR. Right now, Rich, joining us is Fox Sports College football analyst, also host of the number one ranked show, here to talk a little college gridiron, R.J. Young.
10: R.J., great to talk to you. How are you? I'm good, Dan, man. I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this all day.
6: Oh, good, good, because it's going to be hot and heavy here, and we start off with the conference that everybody is talking about. That's the ACC. No, that is where we are going to start, though, because Jim Phillips, (laughs) he seemed to sure be confident in his league in them staying together, them staying united, and staying as 15 schools and Notre Dame having their scheduling agreement that they have with them. Does Jim Phillips have reason to be optimistic for a future with the ACC?
10: Hey, man, I have never seen a prenup that is doing a better job of keeping the marriage together than the ACC's grant of rights. My goodness, man. Uh, That's the start. And I think that's a good place to start. Like, you got this ironclad agreement in place that if you choose to void it or you want out of it, there is a heavy penalty to play. What it does is give Jim Phillips a little bit of runway and a little bit of time to convince Notre Dame to stay in this agreement to some degree. Now, Notre Dame is – basically got uh, the upper hand here in that they have their agreement with NBC, they have their agreement with the ACC, and then you know, the Big Ten wouldn't turn down anything but their collar. So I expect their agreement to be very, very beneficial for them. But on the other hand, Jim Phillips just needs to make sure that Clemson and or someone else makes that conference worthwhile here in the next couple of years because I think it's an open secret that Clemson would go to the SEC if there was a way to get to the SEC. Right now, Jim Phillips is putting in place uh, some barriers to the a- uh, to the SEC to keep comes in-house. But that's all it does, man. Right now it just feels like he's holding on to what he's got, and we're going to have to wait and see.
7: You know, RJ, when I think about the alliance that was struck between the Pac-12, the, the ACC, and the Big Ten uh, just over a year ago, um, there was no alliance because there was no legal documentation. It doesn't feel like there's any honor amongst these conference commissioners as long as there's enormous amounts of money to be made. So, so when we start hearing about cooperation between conferences, are we to be, believe any of it? Like Because it all s- feels like lip service, just like that did, and it was proven to be when the Big Ten came knocking for USC and UCLA.
10: I don't generally accept that a competitor wants to work with a competitor. Like, this whole is the enemy of my enemy, my friend. Yes, until such a time as I can stab you. Like, that's that's what I get out of this. And I don't blame the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or even the ACC for wanting to do something like an alliance. But if it no longer becomes beneficial for you to be in an alliance, why are you in it? Which is how we get back to teams leaving conferences to go to other conferences. People understand. And at this stage in the game, the money talks. And not just the money talks, but you want to be one of those teams that is in a great position to continue not just your football program, but the university. Like One of the things I usually point out to folks that want to tell me that college football coaches and or the program doesn't matter is when you have a winning football team, the average ACT score at your university goes up. Because people want to be associated with winning at a high level, true for Alabama, true for Ohio State, true for the great research universities uh, in this country. So, no, I don't believe them when they talk, but I believe the contract that they signed. And since there was no contract that was signed in the Alliance, why should I believe
6: them? RJ Young, Fox Sports College football analyst, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Beyer. Get RJ on Twitter at RJ Young. So you're in Big 12 country. It's been a year since Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were leaving for the SEC. Uh, has, has that area come to terms with it? Do they feel like they are dealing with a position of strength or, or is that teetering on, on the latest moves that are being made?
10: Well, Dan, uh, people have been overjoyed here locally about joining the SEC. As a matter of fact, it's been one of the things that I think many Oklahoma fans, speak nothing of Texas fans, have wanted for the past 10 years, especially when it became really clear to everybody that the Pac-12 was taking a step back because of the way that they got into their media rights around ten, twelve years ago. But Oklahoma, from a political standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, fits right into the SEC, and they believe that the level of football that's played here belongs in the SEC. I think most of it is just a victory lap the last couple of years, because there have been open jokes about longtime member of the SEC, Oklahoma, winning the national championship in softball, right, for instance. I think this is going over well here. I think what's more interesting is how it's going on around the rest of the Big 12, because at this time last year... The Big 12 is where the Pac-12 is, right? Yeah, Which is to say, yeah. holding off a dear life. And now they've added four teams everybody feels pretty good about. And now can we send Oklahoma and Texas with a swift kick and a tail on the way out the door? That's what the mood has been like.
7: Do you? What do you deem the most likely scenario for the Pac-12? Do you think they merge with the ACC or the Big 12? Do you think they stand pat and just rock and roll with ten teams? Or do you think they aim to expand by welcoming in some of the top of the group of five teams like the Big 12 just did? Like, will they offer admission to San Diego State or UNLV or even Fresno State or Boise State, like some have suggested? What do you think is the most likely route for the Pac-12 moving forward?
10: I think it is that they'll go to try to skim off those Mountain West teams, Fresno State, Boise State, Utah State, Wyoming, San Diego State. Those are good football teams. Uh, They're good football programs. They're also within your regional footprint. It's an easy sell But the Pac-12 probably has a high regard for itself, which is to say that we don't need Fresno State. We don't need San Diego State. We are the Pac-12. And I'm going, yeah, you can't be the Pac-12 if you don't have a conference. And if you got 10 teams, that can work. The Big 12 has made it work. But you have to play outstanding football or at least have one or two of those programs that are outstanding at playing football for it to be sustainable. And that was what I think Oklahoma was responding to. Texas responding to being one of the two wealthiest programs in all of college football in A&M, going, we deserve more for our money, even if we're not that good the last 10 years. And Oklahoma's going, we're tired of carrying this conference. Now, it'll be interesting to see if the Pac-12 stays at 10, who ascends to the top of that conference with USC and UCLA going out. But it's also open as to whether or not Washington and Oregon want to stay put because there have been Big Ten overtures. There have been uh, SEC overtures. There's even been Big 12 overtures. I don't see a merger with the Big 12 because, A, the Big 12 doesn't need you, and it's not 2021. It's 2022. I also don't see anything working cross uh, cross coast with ACC. It just doesn't make much sense. A, if you're ESPN or you're uh, the ACC, why why do you need the Pac 12? What what are they providing you? Especially without USC and UCLA. And then does that make your competitive balance any better? You just got bigger. Now that might be the move if you just want to hold on to what you got. But are you really the Pac 12? Are you the I don't know. Uh, pack A C C twenty four or whatever, or it gets to be twenty six. I just don't see it. So I think the the most logical move is to go into the Mountain West and probably decimate that conference and or what's left of the American.
6: R.J. Young joining us here on Fox Sports College Football Analyst. Uh, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Had my mic muted. I've got a bit of a cold, so I've got to take care of that cough here there. Get R.J. on Twitter at R.J. underscore Young. Last one for me, Greg Sankey now moving away from the automatic qualifiers uh, for an expanded college football playoff. Do you think he ends up getting his way, whether it's 4, 8, or 12, or does the number of teams, do you think that will affect on automatic qualifiers and how many there might be?
10: I think Greg Sankey's operating from a position of power, and it's in his best interest, in his league's best interest, not to have any automatic qualifiers, because that opens up the door for six or eight SEC teams to make it into whatever the model looks like. I don't think he's going to move off of that, and I think he gets to be the dam that stops the river from flowing, because he is the commissioner for the most powerful conference in football. I don't see it getting past that, right? you got to convince Greg Sankey that you got a good argument, and the only way to do that is for the SEC to come out looking really, really good come 2026.
7: Last one, RJ. I mean, I, I look at college football very differently today than I did even, I guess, at the beginning of the summer. I, I feel like I'm going to look at it very differently in 2024 than I do now. What is the future look like? Like if you, if you tried to gaze into the crystal ball, are we going to have an NCAA? Is that still going to be a governing body that operates and overlooks football? Is there going to be a, a, you know, a severing from the old guard and we're going to see a new governing body? Is is it going to be only two conferences at the major national level where you know for contention for a national championship like if if you really had to look say a decade out and give an idea prospectus of what we're looking at what are we looking at
10: you're looking at the NFL you're looking at 20 24 28 32 teams that people care about that play each other on the regular basis and you're looking at the rest of college football existing to play those teams that's the long and the short of it. I even think that we're a little too short-sighted on name, image, and likeness. It's not going far enough. Those are employees. That is labor. They deserve 50% of what's being made. That means a collective bargaining agreement. That means a union leader. That also means that we're no longer doing this amateurism garbage, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the uh, at Kirby Smart making $112.5 million over 10 years, and I still can't find kids making six figures from their schools to play football. I think you're going to have to do that. And I think you and I are going to be leading the charge on that, Rich, because we understand what it means to have your earning power at its top. And a lot of those kids are going to play in the NFL, right? The top 2% are going to get in there. And you're still going to care about college football because that is the feeder system for the NFL. And the NFL is going to have a heavy hand in making sure college football stays as good as it has been so that they can have their products. I think that we're going to get into what people call professionalization of sports, but I don't think of it as that. I think of it more as now we're just going to be honest as opposed to lying to ourselves because we're certainly not lying to each other. We're calling each other out. Right now, I just want to get to this place where we all understand that this is a business, that the kids are worth their weight in gold, and that the money has long been too long away from them. Incorporate them in what you're doing. Make this a full-blooded sport. Make this the kind of sport that makes everybody some money. And let's go on about our business play football.
6: He's R.J. Young, Fox Sports College football analyst, host of the number one ranked show, and so much more. Get him on Twitter at R.J. underscore Young. Next time we'll actually talk about games that are going to be happening in a month or so. How about that, R.J.?
10: I'd enjoy that, Dan. Rich, thanks so much for having me on, guys.
6: Appreciate it, RJ. RJ Young joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Ornberger. I'm Dan Byer. Rich had a take uh, earlier today on Twitter that I do not agree with. In what some call, Isaac, the dog days of summer, the NFL has provided me with life. They've injected alternate helmets into my veins over the last two weeks. And then I wake up today, and I see that the Dallas Cowboys will once again be wearing their white helmet that they have worn before. And then I see Rich Ornberger who sits beside me today on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, say, normally I don't care at all, but these helmets are really cool. I'm fine with the cool part. I've got a real problem with the normally I don't really care. <laughs> I have loved the Carolina <laughs> Panthers stuff. The Texans, I'm not even a huge fan of the red helmet, but it's something different. It's something to shake things up. Pat Patriot making his return from New England. Oh, my goodness. Like that, Those are the great things. To hear that you're not a uniform or helmet guy just broke my heart, Richard Berger.
7: I just I, – I don't know what it is. It's never – it's never even really occurred to me as, like, a big part of the game or experience. Like, I remember when I was playing for years. I, I mean, like, through all of my time in New England, basically, and then even through, like, most of the season in Arizona, my fourth year in the league – I had no idea that guys would, like, buy their jerseys from the team after the season was old, over or, like, buy their helmet that they wore from the team after the season was over, like, as a keepsake. Like, I just would hand in my jersey after the season and just, you know, you know, just I, continue on my way. I didn't know you had to buy them. I had no idea. Yeah, the the teams, they would prefer to send them to be refurbished and reuse them. Otherwise, like you have to, you know, they'll dock your next paycheck, whatever it is for the cost. And it's like, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small amount, but comparatively to contract amounts, but it's just an interesting way to get nickel and dimed by ownership. But either way, I get it to a certain extent. You don't want to open the floodgates and say, all right, everybody take everything. You know, nothing, you know, nothing's nailed down. You have people walking out with their lockers, but you know, it's just one of those things where it just didn't even occur to me. And then I remember at one point, one of my buddies was walking out of the facility carrying all of his jerseys from the season. I mean all of them, like the homes, the ways, the helmet, the 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 whatever alternates. I was just like, where are you going with all that stuff? You got to, you know, go to the dry cleaner for the team? And he was like, no, dude. He's like, I, you know, I buy these after every season because one day my kids will think they're cool. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, I've I've done something horribly wrong here. And so I started doing it after that point. But it just never occurred to me, like you know, when people go, Hey, did you see Denver's color rush jersey on Thursday night? I'll be like, Oh, what were they? Orange? They'll be like, No, they were navy, you idiot. I'd be like, Oh, I didn't even notice. But yeah, I don't know. The the Cowboys alternates for this season look kind of cool to me, but maybe it's because they're really simple. I does that really I mean it gets you it gets the blood flowing when you see it.
6: Like I don't love Oregon every week week with a different combo, but because it's so new to the NFL and the NFL does throwbacks. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you got to wear the Pat Patriot helmet during your time in New England. I'm not sure. If, I know they I brought him back at one. But oh, yeah. So, like, that would be to me, like, I would be like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Right. Like, because that logo is something that I associate with my childhood, which is, I think, a, a lot of why people love the throwbacks. It's like people hated the Giants helmet because it just said Giants. And then it came back in a rotation yesterday and people are losing their minds. Because right, right. It, it, you know, and, and I think that's a part of it. But yeah, I love the I love the uniforms. I love the changing, especially in the NFL and with the throwbacks. That's what's so like appealing to me. Plus, I collect mini helmets, and it, it uh, they, they all tie together.
7: I I am I will say this I, like uh, to anybody. I am a terrible like sports fan. I'm very interested in sports. I've always been. I've always played sports, and it, it just I mean it's a part of who I am. Like at a at an elemental level. Like you know, I wake up. It's the first thing I really think about. But. But as far as like understanding how to like be a fan, like I just I I with at every turn. Like I have no idea how to do it, and so maybe I just need to spend more like Sundays with you, Dan. Like maybe yeah. you need to hold my hand through Become this door experience. Yeah, yeah,
6: you'll love it. And life is life is good. And life is absolutely great when you're a, when you're a dork. He is Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Bayer. We should spend more time together. Uh, Rich on Sundays hangs out with Steve Hartman, and immediately after I hang out with George Reister. That's where you can also catch us here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio, could the NBA lose be losing a valuable piece next season? We'll talk about it next year on Fox.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
8: live.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
1: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
4: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
6: I'm Dan Beyer. He's the guy who's seen Tom Brady naked in his shower. Rich Hornberger, former NFL vet. In for Doug Gottlieb today on Fox Sports Radio.
7: It's a distinction. T- it's an honor. <laughs> it's something that I wear as proudly the as the NFL you career should, I played once. <laughs> you should get a blazer like the Hall of
6: Fame, you know? It's like, oh, he's a, he's a I don't know. I, I don't know what color it could be. Just a Uh, badge
7: with opera glasses on it.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's get to the press. I do think Augustus has got the green jackets. Canton's got the gold jackets. Isaac, any suggestions for the jackets that those have, who have seen Tom Brady naked should wear?
8: Actually, uh, I've got plenty of, of thoughts oh. and souvenirs. Right. Uh, I'm going to ruminate o- uh, about that while I go over the <laughs> <Okay>. headlines here. <laughs> oh, hang on, guys. The creamsicle I, jacket. No, I there just got go. a news alert from uh, TMZ. Uh, TMZ former teammate dishes on Tom Brady's shocking showering habits oh yeah oh, wow a,
6: a mm. toothbrusher yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you're or going- be a teethbrusher I guess he does more than one tooth
7: <laughs> yeah can you imagine if that like that was the real news item it's like yeah he only brushes one of them <laughs> <What a creep. laughs> it could go viral actually starting to
8: go viral right now t- charles barkley telling the new york post that he had dinner last night in atlanta with live golf ceo greg norman barkley expects norman to make him an offer to become a live golf commentator and says he will be playing in the pro am of a live event next week of his current role at turner barkley told the post in a perfect scenario i would love to do both i don't know how turner's sponsors are going to feel about it i know is going to be some blowback but if you're in pro sports you are taking some type of money from not a great cause
6: okay i'm gonna make this really quick uh number one that would be the biggest departure i think that sports fans actually would care about i think the media cares more about players leaving for live golf than the than PGA Tour fans do. But if you took away Charles Barkley from inside the NBA, I think there'd be a much more bigger uproar than when Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau or anybody else uh, left. And also, I'll say this, I think Charles has got to tone back on the appearances. It's a lot of Charles. You know, one of the great things is we see him once a night. That's my take on it.
7: I agree with you that, that it would be a bigger deal than, like, Schwarzel leaving the PGA. Yeah. You know what yes, I mean? Like her yes. like, Patrick Reed. Like like tra- losing Charles Barkley to live instead of having him, you know, goofing around with with Shaq on inside the NBA and Ernie and the gang, like yeah, that would be a huge loss. If, if, hey, get out there and press. That was
6: the press. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be, you know, jumping to YouTube to to see him on there. That would be such an enormous like there's going to be an end of an era at some point, but to have it end like that, I think would just crush a lot of sports fans.
7: I agree. I I love. I, look, I I th- I love his candor. I just I just like how really is. But yeah, that would that would be that would be a bad one. That would be a tough yeah. blow.
6: Charles Barkley's real and is about to get a real uh, boatload of money from Live Rich. It's been fun. We'll do it again soon.
5: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
4: Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.